Hello, everyone, and welcome to this morning's edition of The Daily Stand-Up. Without any further ado, let's get started. If you tuned in yesterday, we had a real healthy discussion about vision and strategy and the importance of vision and strategy and how it's applied. Today, I want to continue that discussion and talk about the importance of a product roadmap. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in organizations in the past where you know we've had leadership come up to us and they've asked us for the dreaded five-year plan. I heard one organization recently say, I need a 10-year plan. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, so what you want us to do is plan for the next 30 to 60 days and lie about the rest. Lovely. Unfortunately, most of the things that we plan for that far out, you know, are simply just not going to be true. So how does road mapping tie back to Agile and is it important and why? My answer might surprise you. I actually think that road mapping is important as long as it's in a container that's small enough that makes sense. So when I go into organizations and help them, when we as a company go in and help them with coaching, one of the things we recommend is that they do plan out for the quarter that they're working on and then for four quarters beyond that so that they can kind of get an idea of where they're going. Now, the things that I want to align with that quarter or with those future quarters usually align regarding funding. So, for example, if we had a contract in place that said we were going to have a delivery cycle where we're going to deliver XYZ product or XYZ integration or XYZ service, I want to make sure that we have funding that's aligned with it, but I also want that to as tightly align to one of the business quarters as possible so that we can get our head around when expected delivery for those different pieces are. In addition, if we have teams that service multiple products, which in many large organizations that are attempting to scale, this is the case, you might have multiple product owners with multiple products who are creating multiple product backlogs that are related but not necessarily all aligned to one specific product, and you have multiple teams that are drawing from those backlogs. Now, while I'm not saying I endorse this or recommend it, what I'm saying is that this is what I see all the time. So in order to get your head around that kind of alignment, I think it's important for us to delineate some focus. Product owners worry the most about their product or project that they're worried about or that they're working on or that they want to release. Scrum masters help make sure that we're following a solid process and that we have continuous improvement to that process, that we can align ourselves to values that will help us improve continually. And then managers or leadership are responsible for making sure that we have the people necessary in order to get the job done. So if you think about it this way, I call it the three P's, and that's where that alignment should rest. So for the product owner, they shouldn't be focused on who's going to be doing the work. They should be focused on aligning the work in such a way that it's easily consumable. So whether that's based on a delivery deadline laid out into quarters, or whether it's based on, hey, you know, here are some dependencies. In order for us to get to this piece, we need to get this piece of functionality or this section done first. Uh, you know, we need to make sure we align things either based on interdependency or based on delivery cycle. Now, there's one other point of confusion that I want to make sure we address right away. Um, in organizations, I often hear them say, well, what comes first, a feature or an epic? Does a feature begat an epic or does an epic begat a feature? And my answer to them is, as long as you understand which one's on top and which one's on bottom, I really don't care. Uh, and I know that sounds harsh, but I want to make sure that once we understand, in my world, a roadmap contains features. Features can be broken down into epics, epics into stories, stories into tasks. But in many of the tools that are currently out there today that are used for agile you know, implementations, 
they say it the other way around that epics begat features that features are broken down into stories and that stories and this comes from the difference between implementing a scrum framework or a scrum primary framework from an extreme programming primary framework and like i mentioned either one is fine the terminology is okay i'm not saying it's interchangeable what i'm saying is you need to decide as an organization which way you want to align it and then choose that so for the sake of this podcast i'm going to say that features are in a roadmap so here we might have multiple products let's just say an organization has four or five different products that they want to have in flight now once again i'm not saying that this is the best answer but let's pretend for a second that this organization traditionally used to have 10 to 20 products in flight or projects in flight and we've gotten them to apply whip limits which is very good and they've agreed to only have four to five projects in flight at any given time across the entire organization now this organization might have 10 to 12 teams that are going to be working on those products or projects and they might have three to six product owners that are aligning all these things behind the scene because keep in mind they have multiple products that may not be worked on right now that the product ownership group should still be lining up to make sure it's ready for future things that are going to be happening in a roadmap and here lies the importance of having that roadmap that roadmap is going to give us some direction uh, just like any roadmap that you would use when you were driving on the highway the higher the quality or the better the resolution the easier it's going to be for you to reach your destination the lower the fidelity of the roadmap, the more difficult it's going to be for you to interpret, and it could cause even greater confusion. In other words, limiting the scope of work in progress on a roadmap is key in order for the roadmap to be successful. The second thing in order for it to be successful is to identify what the most critical project is. So even if we agree that we're only going to have two things in flight or three things in flight or whatever the magic number is, it's still important for us to put a pecking order in those and say this one's number one, number two, and number three. And the logic behind that is so that when teams go in and peck off the work and when we start working on things in sprint planning, that the work should be aligned in such a way that it makes it easy for us to consume with as few dependencies as possible. Now at this high level, it might not be easy for you to identify each and every dependency, but the true logic behind the roadmap, the real reason, is so that as we go through and align whip limits and say we're not going to have more than a certain number of things in flight, it's going to allow for the organization to finish products and projects sooner, thereby getting on market faster and increasing the revenue that the organization can make from implementing those products or services. Second, it's going to be a nice cost savings because, well, we'll get things to market faster, but we'll also eliminate waste because we'll realize quicker that there's certain things that we don't need to do because we're going through the inspect and adapt model a lot quicker. And then finally, it's going to allow us to have better quality because the more sets of eyes we have looking at something, the greater the chance we're going to achieve higher quality when we get the product to market, uh, when we get the product or service to market. So I just think it's incredibly important for us to understand that roadmaps, if they're leveraged correctly, can help us identify critical paths. It can help us identify target personas. It could help us align work and strategies around contracts. It could help us forecast out for a few quarters ahead. And most importantly, it can give us a more global vision of our work so that we could see things across an entire business unit or a commerce division or even an entire company if necessary, so that at the executive level, we can make critical decisions regarding funding, regarding future funding, regarding sunrise or sunset or ramp up. Uh, but I think the biggest, the biggest win of doing a roadmap correctly is that it allows you to visualize the workload for a team over time. So it allows you to see that certain teams may be overwhelmed and other teams may be underwhelmed. 
It allows you to see that just because a team's high performing, it allows you to de designate and see that you may be piling too much work on their plate or that they need some alignment or some better uh, understanding of you know how they fit into this roadmap cycle. I think the greatest importance is for leadership and managers to get the roadmap understood that it's it's not tea leaves or tarot cards, right? <laughs> it's never intended to be a perfect picture of the future, but if it's leveraged correctly, it can help us get a better understanding of how much work is out there, how many plates we have spinning at any given time, and how we can limit that and create a rolling wave plan that makes sense. Well, I, I hope you found this information about roadmapping useful. We've got lots of other information available that we'd love to share with you on AgileDad.com. We appreciate you tuning in daily to the Daily Stand-Up Podcast. We're grateful that you're here, and uh, we hope that you're learning something along the way. We encourage you and invite you to submit topics that you want us to talk about at any given time. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, take care.